If we're in trauma mind, we are more susceptible to getting sick. When we're in those higher feel-good states, we're literally matching the frequency of the earth. Change is possible. Healing is possible. And living a beautiful life is possible. Consciousness is always evolving, and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you, or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human, and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Is That So show. We have another Zanger today. We have Ms. Nicole Sublet, and I'm going to let her come on stage and tell and let her let me know, you know, exactly how she'd like to be referred to. But she's definitely a brilliant sister. I spoke to her briefly backstage before the show, and you're going to see some synergy occur on this episode once again. And that's what I seek to find. I seek to align myself with people that I have and energetic equivalency to, you know, it's, it's about, do you resonate, you know, with your, with your connections? It doesn't matter what type of connection it is. You know, I don't, I don't even want my milkman. I don't have a milkman, but if I had a milkman, I wouldn't even want my milkman to not resonate with who I am. I really appreciate that this sister pays close attention to apparently is intellectual wellness because she has a lot of great knowledge. So she's going to drop some shoes for us in a second. And I wanted to pull this article for y'all before I begin the show. I wanted to pull this article for y'all because I wanted to tell y'all, y'all are born to shine. Did you know that, and I'm not giving any therapy over here. As a matter of fact, I'm not giving any advice. If you, if you hear any advice on here, I'm, a, I'm only giving straight bad advice. All right. That's what I'm doing today. Bad advice. Now, now I got to disclaim out the way. If you look it up, you will realize that the human skeletal structure consist of stardust. Yeah, yeah, freaking stardust, y'all. Our skeletal structure has stardust in it. Now you Google that. You know, I wish I had an article for you, but you know what? If you work those uh, research muscles and Google that up and you'll see that what I'm telling is actual factuals. So who the hell is not born to shine. We all were born to shine. All right. Case point, I'm done with that. I'm about to bring this sister on the stage. All right. So I appreciate y'all being with me on this this episode. This is I think episode nine of the Is That So show. So we are going through it. And it's just oh, it, the season has been so good. Mind body medicine has been the theme. Today we're going to hear a lot about energy as well. Without further ado, I would like to welcome to the stage Miss Nicole Sublet. Hello. <laughs> oh, I love that. A little applause, a little applause there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you doing today? I'm super well. I'm very, very excited to be here and connect with you and also to create that synergy. So I'm very excited about today. Real quick, introduce yourself to the people. We know she did not come on here to be braggadocious, but I just want y'all to understand that she has put in some work to be where she is right here in life. And actually where she is right now is only a glimpse of where she's going because the work that she put in, she hasn't fully caught up with the residuals yet, but those residuals are on the way. I already feel it. Sister, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So my name is Nicole Sublette. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor. I reside in the state of New Hampshire. I am also a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master, 
integrative medicine provider. And I'm also a doctoral candidate in bioenergetic medicine. I do social advocacy and I often teach and speak about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And closest to my heart is that I am also a woman's empowerment coach. So that is me in a nutshell. All right. <laughs> all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's a lot. All right. I'm going to get straight into the questions. All right. And then I'm just going to let it flow the way it flows. We have, I have a few questions for that. You know, we jotted down that I jotted down, but it's still going to be a natural dialogue where we just let it flow. This is just kickstarters. All right. Just to ignite the engine there. And then y'all going to see some sparks and some synergy going. Question number one, how did you pivot from a practice to an online program? And why did you make that shift? So it was really the global pandemic and I was in private practice and I was seeing people in person. And then I had an intuition one day that I needed to just be online and do 100 uh, percent telehealth. This is pre-vaccination and this is not about vaccination, but this is pre-vaccination. And so I decided to follow intuitively to make that shift. And really, I made that shift. And then I got a call from a client who had shared, they had a contract of COVID and one out of four of my clients had contract of COVID. So I, was, I felt very blessed to go with my intuition because it's not only about my safety, but it's also about the safety of the clients that I see as well and protecting them. Uh, therapy is supposed to be a safe enough space for people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, in therapy, they definitely drill in our head about making sure that, you know, there's a safe space, you know, no harm to the client, always priority. But you and I, and I'm including myself in this, you and I, we've taken a, an even more, I would say, a more personal approach in that we also focus on the actual healing component of a human humanity. Not that therapy in of itself is not meant to help a person heal, but we went into certain specialties and began to study certain specific things about how to heal the body. And so, which brings up the next question, energy work and energy healing. What are the biggest misconceptions around energy work? I love this question. Yeah. So it's a great question. It's fantastic. And so there, there's so many misconceptions around energy work. A lot of people think it's like woo woo stuff or energies from the, the ether and something magically is going to happen. And what energy work truly is, is that we're, all comprised of energy. And we have so many different systems within the body that are energetic systems. Mm -hmm. And so it's really not uh, woo-woo. It's not esoteric. It's actually based in anatomy and physiology and that our cells, our bodies have automatic functions. That's all driven by energy. And so we don't have to think about blinking. We don't have to think about our heart beating. That just happens. But what powers that? It's the energy of the body in its own capacity and its own intelligence. Mm-hmm. How can one use this energy? This is, you know, adaptation for the question. But how can one use this information, this knowledge and convert it into wisdom? How can one take this knowledge and then make it applicable to one's, you know, practice, daily skill of living? Mm-hmm. So I think... A beautiful way to do that is to be in uh, gratitude for oneself. It is not based on ability. It's not based on 
disability, but it's based on the mere fact of being alive and knowing that being alive in itself is just miraculous. And when you can understand that you are miraculous, that's going to change your daily living. It's not about what's going on in the world. It's not about the grind, but just knowing that you being alive, you breathing is miraculous because you are part of this beautiful tapestry, this beautiful tapestry of life. And it's, it's, it's amazing when we really know not just who we are, but what we are. So you're a part-time poet too. That's why I, I am. Okay. All right. All right. I knew it. I knew it. Did you bring a piece today? I did not. I did not. That's that's oh. for a different episode. That's for a different okay. one. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We we bringing it back for that yes. poetry slam. You dig? I'm gonna yes. bring some stuff out too. But yes, yes. Energy. There was this test that literally showed that we are bodies of light. Like when we when they took the pictures, the scans, it literally showed us as energetic bodies of light. You, are you familiar with that test? Yeah, there's several different te- types of tests, and uh, there are tests out there that are designed to look at people's electromagnetic frequencies. And so, and not only just the, the electromagnetic frequency, it's you know found throughout the body, and even the brain has different wavelengths, which are also different streams of consciousness. So everything has this kind of its own energetic layers. Come on. Own energetic layers. Okay. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about those energetic layers? There are institutions out there, uh, for example, like the HeartMath Institute, they're looking at people in what is called uh, resonance. And it's really the way that we vibrate. And what they have found is that when that the earth has its own frequency, its own resonance is called the Schumann resonance, but they have found that when we are in states of love, joy, bliss, and gratitude, we're actually matching the frequency of the earth. So the hippie people were right. You know, the tree huggers were right. It's Yes, for tree huggers and hippies. Yes. Yeah, right, they, they were sorry, right. Yeah. It's about being in connection with the earth. And so when we're in those higher feel-good states, we're literally matching the frequency of the earth. How amazing is that? It's so amazing mm. to me. Mm. And so gratitude practice, this is one thing I just added a gratitude course to my private practice. And I offer it to a course for my client as the gratitude. Gratitude is the highest state of receivership, you know, and think about that. When you are in a space of receiving, you can't be both in a space of receiving and at the same time defending. You see, gratitude takes you out of that defense posture, which means now you have to move out fight or flight state into more social gathering, peace, when tolerance state, where you have that homeostasis, you know, mentally, spiritually, you know, and hopefully physically, but, you know, at least one of those, one of those main categories, one of those main dimensions, you know, is in homeostasis, but mainly that you spiritually, mentally, energetically, you come to homeostasis whenever you practice gratitude. Anytime I lose a loved one, I lost my grandfather to COVID last year, you know, on, uh, on Easter, and I'm named after my grandfather. First thing I did was go outside when they told me. I went straight outside to my back porch and I began giving thanks. I gave thanks for everything that I saw because I, you know, I didn't want to have to spend the mental energy of trying to conjure up something to be before, you know, because there's a lot of things to be thankful for. But just real basic, my emotions are high. I am choosing to be grateful for the trees. I'm choosing to be grateful for the sunlight, for this when for knowing that he is now in a better place for knowing the, the the energetic role that he played in life you know the 
the redefining and defining that occurred because of this collision. And when I move into that space, I experience a sense of appreciation and fulfillment. You know, again, this is this is what I'm saying. Like we're in that same uh, space when it comes down to understanding, like being really fascinated with the neuroscience behind healing and, in, and the energetics behind it, like these different practices that come about, even prayers, the studies that they've been doing, the research has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you tell us more about that, sister. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of research around gratitude, even meta meditation, which is heart-based meditation around prayer that people heal faster when they're being prayed upon or prayed mm-hmm. for. And so when we talk about getting the body into homeostasis, what, what that means is that the body is really operating optimally. And it said, if the body is truly in homeostasis, one can actually never die, right? Because there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with any of the systems in the body. Everything's operating well. And so when we have simple routines or rituals, we can actually increase that optimal state. And if we're in feel good states, then the body tends to respond to that. I mean, our cells have their own intelligence and they're really listening to how we speak to ourselves, how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important in getting to those optimal states because the body is so responsive. I mean, and if you think about it and how even um, mental health conditions manifest, they can manifest somatically, like maybe anxiety can look like a stomach ache or depression can look like lethargy. And so there is such an interconnection between our physical state of being and our emotional state of being and our mental state of being. And it's not a lot of people think in, in, in therapy, it's just, oh, you know, you're working on the head and, you know, there's a lot of separation between mind and body, but there is no separation. It is one and it is important that we understand that is one. That is why I do the holistic work so I can help people return to more optimal states of being because I am working with it as one and not separate because we actually cannot separate. There's no Come division. On. Come on. Uh, I have never seen a headless person walking around. That's all I'm going to say. Which brings me to my next question. How do we get into energetic alignment? What does that do for us? And what is energetic alignment system? So energetic alignment, again, means coming back to that space of optimal operation, well-being, homeostasis. And there are so many ways, so many ways that one can get into energetic alignment. Simple ways to get into energetic alignment is to actually go out into the forest and connect with nature and the body, the, the physiology of the body will start to resonate with the nature. And we can even get into the parasympathetic nervous system. We can become more relaxed, more out in nature. So that's one to get one way to get into alignment. Other ways to get into alignment is to nourish your body well. Eat foods that are considered what are called um, high energetic foods. What I mean by high energetic foods is that, that foods are not that are natural and from the earth. And so the more natural the, the more whole it is, the more beneficial it is for your body. A lot of our food is so toxic. A lot of the refined sugars and the corn syrups and the additives and the artificial coloring can cause a lot of damage to the body. And so eating naturally as close as you can to as how Mother Nature made it is one way to get into alignment, proper sleep. Our circadian rhythms, which is based on the dark light cycles, is really matching getting good quality sleep every night and actually 
living with the natural cycle of light. And I know for some of us with four seasons, it changes, but, you know, trying to wind down your day when it gets dark and trying to wake up when it gets light is a beautiful way to get into alignment. That was a brilliant answer. And I wholeheartedly agree. Why is healing from trauma? Ancestral wounds is so important. Trauma, it lives inside of the body. It stays and it is stored. The information of the trauma is stored in the body. And we also have epigenetics. And so when we talk about ancestral trauma is that they're finding that uh, some of the trauma going back generations is part of our current state of being and it's in our in our physiology and lives with inside of us so we can have it from our families and we can also have trauma that we experience whether it's a big traumatic event or day-to-day trauma one reason why it's important to heal trauma is that if we are living in a traumatized state we are more susceptible to disease and so what i mean by that is that when we're in a trauma state, we're in our amygdala, so it's called the reptilian brain, and it's often fight, flight, and freeze. And what that means is that the brain is always scanning for danger. So you might be in a situation that seems dangerous, and it's actually not, and then you're having these flood of hormones in your body, so epinephrine and, and cortisol. And so what happens when you're in that state, one, is that you're not in the front of your brain, and so you're not necessarily emotionally regulated or making rational decisions. But most importantly, the body's always ready to fight, flight, or freeze. And what that means is that the blood is going to the limbs. It's moving away from the stomach. And that means we're less able to fight disease and we're more susceptible to fight disease. And this is hugely critical because especially in a global pandemic, if we're in trauma mind, we are more susceptible to getting sick and also having trauma stored in the body. It has shown that there's a link between trauma and type two diabetes. There's a link between trauma and hypertension. There's a link between trauma and cardiac disease. People with trauma have a shortened life expectancy in general, increased risk for suicide with trauma. And so it's so to improve quality of life, it is so important to work on trauma. And it's scary for a lot of people, but I do a lot of trauma work. And at the end, the results are profound. It is amazing. And people feel healed and they feel like they've got a new lease on life. And so finding proper support for trauma work is profoundly amazing. Yes. Come on. Talk about that scary part. Come on. Talk about that scary component. You said it's so scary. How is it scary? Why is it scary? So for people, you know, and and most of us experience trauma in one form or another, but for a lot of people, when they think they have to do trauma work, they think that they can't handle it. They're going to do what is called flooding or they're, they're going to go crazy or they're never going to come back from it or they can never heal. And basically trauma work is like shaking a soda bottle. It's going to explode at first and then go flat. And so it might be uncomfortable at times and it might be painful, but the reward at the end is far greater. And one doesn't go crazy because they do trauma work, especially if they do it with a supportive, knowledgeable provider. The results can be amazingly profound and freeing and freeing. So what do you see as a common, as common blocks, limiting beliefs in women? What is holding women back from experiencing freedom and happiness? Asked by Hannah from Canada. Mm. That's a really deep question. And Mm. um, so for a woman, it is really primarily conditioning. 
And so we are inherently a marginalized gender, meaning that we have less opportunity, um, power, and privilege. And so most women are taught from a very young age, uh, infancy, a lot of times that they are less than. And there's been a lot of conditioning around it. I uh, was following even some media, you know, there's this ad, I saw this TED Talk, this ad, this woman was talking about this ad for 12-year-olds and there's talking in the ad said, you know, your breast could be too full, too pert, too saggy, too thin. So anyway, a breast could be. Uh, the ad was saying to 12-year-old girls, your breasts are going to develop improperly. They're not going to look good no matter what they look like, but at least you can have great hair. And so there's this level of deep conditioning. And when we think of as women, we have different types of oppression. And at the top, we have ideology, which is what society deems as best. And then we have institutional, interpersonal, and then it goes into internalized. So what's going on in society? We women actually think that there's something wrong with us, but we've internalized it to believe that there's something wrong with us, but it's actually society telling us and feeding us these messages constantly that we're less than and inadequate. So a lot of work with me is like, I call it coming like coming out of the matrix. It's like peeling back the layers, looking at the truth, looking at the history of fat shaming, looking at where all these things come from and knowing that you weren't believing that, but you were conditioned to believe that. Just like um, in some families and cultures, children are taught to believe that Santa Claus is real and that the messaging up from our parents is real, but it's the same thing. It's not real, it's conditioning. And women need to know that and it's a falsehood because if we say that you know one type of look is better than another or one kind of beauty is better than another, then we're actually admitting and saying that one type of person is actually better than another. And that's not true because we're all flowers in this beautiful garden. And no flower is more is inherently more worthy than another. And no flower is actually inherently more beautiful than another. We're just diverse. We're just beautiful. And so it's knowing that you've been taught that you're less than and you're absolutely not. And mm -hmm. so it's an unlearning process. It's a very difficult and it's a very painful process, too, because it's everywhere, everywhere, messaging everywhere about our imperfection. Yes, yes. And I will say that even though that was specific for women, as a man, I'll say that it's the same. It's just to say conditioning. It doesn't matter what the conditioning looks like. It's still conditioning. Conditioning for men, maybe to believe that they are superior in some ways and inferior in other ways. And the same thing for women. It's conditioning. And so when you hear me say about being lit for life and living in your truth means moving from what you've inherited based off of your fears to what is truly inherent to you. I mean, return back to that that love and that joy and that curiosity that you had as a child that's still there it's just a, you're afraid to allow that authentic part of you to come out because when you are authentic people harmed you and so the mind made a judgment it said that not only is it wrong for you to show yourself to the public your authentic self but you are inherently wrong and that's why these bad things keep happening there's a difference between guilt and shame guilt says i've done a bad thing shame says i am a bad person so what happens with internalized oppression is that the person begins to see themselves the exact same way the oppressor sees them the oppressor sees them yes. or the oppressive yes. messages and so that begins the feedback loop, because now, again, whatever you stare at becomes your reality. And so if all you stare at is your inferiority, even if it's coded in commercials or soap commercials or whatever, hair commercials or whatever, if all you're continually staring at is in your own inferiority or the illusion of your own inferiority, then your 
mind attaches yourself itself to that image and now it believes itself to be inferior. That's why I tell you that we are not ashamed. And knowing that immediately and developing the skill of separating yourself from your story and understanding that you are not a mistake or you are not your mistakes. What happened just happened. And that's just what it is. Happenings are happenings, but our mind is making a judgment based off of what, what is happening. Just make sure if it does make a judgment based off of what happens, that the judgment does not extend to making a judgment on who you are as a person because you are not your story. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's so beautifully put. And, and also recognizing too, there's a, there's a kind of a bigger picture at play. If we're so focused on our, inferiority, we're less likely to make change and we're less likely to be efficacious and we're more likely to make poor decisions and buy into products that actually do more harm than damage. And so it's part of a bigger cycle. And uh, the impression is a lot of it is intentional. You know, that's why, you know, the weight loss industry is a trillion dollar industry. And so because we're constantly being sold our imperfection. And so a lot of it is for industry. A lot of it is for profit. And so it's being really wise and being really cautious about what you're telling yourself. So as a psychotherapist, what do you say is one of the biggest takeaways that you've personally gained from being a psychotherapist? So one of the biggest takeaways that I have gained from being a psychotherapist is just witnessing human strength, human capacity and human Resilience, especially uh, psychotherapy, can be a completely vulnerable experience in just working with so many people and being present and witness to so many stories and just hearing about human survival. It's a really beautiful thing. And it just just seeing the human soul is a beautiful thing, too, is to witness mm-hmm. and I love that aspect. Let me ask you one of the questions that I get asked all the time. So how long does it take to heal? It's, it's, it's a lifelong journey. And I often say this, you know, when I, because I have some clients that I also do uh, more holistic private work with, and, you know, they can get through these beautiful states of bliss and, and love, conscious awareness. It's a beautiful state to be in, right? And they can be up there and then they fall. They're like, oh, why am I not, Nicole, in these beautiful states anymore? Because it's like, everything is a cycle. And it's just like, you can't always inhale when you're breathing. You have to exhale. And Healing is a journey. And even if it's difficult or painful, it's still, it's all a lesson to me. It's all a lesson towards love. It's all a lesson toward becoming. And it is a lifelong lesson and it can just grow and grow and grow and grow. And it it, it can be epically beautiful. It can be epically painful. But at the end of the day, it's about us returning to ourselves, which is the home within ourselves. And so it's it's a beautiful and incredible process. Of course, I got to ask you about being a certified hypnotherapist and again playing doubles advocate because of course i'm a heart-centered hypnotherapist you probably already knew that what is the difference between hypnotism therapy oh hypnotism and hypnotherapy well in essence they're very similar it really though a hypnotherapist actually cannot be qualified a hypnotherapist unless they have they're a licensed professional so anyone can practice hypnotism as long as they go through proper trainings and making sure they're going through a good training as well. But that is the primary difference is a matter of licensing. So licensed professionals can be hypnotherapists. So hypnotherapists make people bark like dogs, like hypnotists. No. Oh, no. So you're talking about stage hypnotism. So you can be a hypnotist and, and do healing work. But stage hypnotism, that's that's all fake, like barking like dogs. 
right around uh, like a chicken with your head cut off, you know, that's about people being on stage, right? In that stage presence. But hypnotherapy is nothing like that. It's actually getting people to what is called a theta wavelength. So it's a very deep, it's a very deep, relaxed state of being, an open state of being. So when you're in theta, you are more prone to taking suggestion, suggestion, like healthy suggestion, and bypassing the cognitive brain because you know as a therapist you can suggest all kinds of things like you know maybe you should take more walks or maybe you should try healthy eating and things like that but with hypnotherapy if someone's in a relaxed state and you're saying you know now you have a desire to take more walks or you desire an apple over this piece of cake the mind is more receptive but when someone's being hypnotized they're they always have a level of awareness they always have full control. They can get up at any time if there's an emergency. It's not like brain control. It's just being in a more relaxed, receptive state to positive suggestion. Mm-hmm. And also understanding that hypnotherapy, there's a point there. You know, like stage hypnotism, like this was saying, like that's not really, it has nothing to do with hypnotherapy. We specifically focused on being a, I mean, I say specifically, I mean, you're, you're accomplished in so many different areas. I can't really say specific, but there are very specific areas focused in. So why being an empowerment coach and a, a feminine mentor, why is that your passion? You know, social advocate, why is that your passion? How did that become your passion? Mm. Well, I think that it's been a lifelong passion that's been cultivated. And, you know, hearing so many messages about myself, what I should be, what I can't be, especially as a woman of color, a mm. lot of negative messaging. I was really tired of having these internal dialogues of lesson. And I really, I really dove into that. I really dove into trying to work and understand myself and experiencing and finding really great and beautiful things about myself. And so my gifts that I didn't even know that I had, and also knowing that I could move through spaces feeling really wonderful and and amazing about myself and having resiliency when as a woman of color, having too marginalized identity, I really shouldn't and being able to feel amazing. And I really wanted to be able to share that with others. And that's also upon of mine research. I have, I have thousands of books and just researching different mm. ways to um, empower different healing modalities, always growing, always expanding and, and, and just culminating all this knowledge and taking that and wanting to give that to women. So, cause I imagine if we had a tribe of awakened women, we'd just stop, we could band together and we could really change the world, you know, but mm-hmm. the world starts here within we change where the microcosm that impacts the macrocosm. And if we're, if we're all waking up, we can all work together to create change for our sisters, our, our daughters, our mothers. And I don't mean that just biologically. I just mean it through the connection of humanity. And so, sister, using my own language here, my own phrasing, give us what that better looks like. Help us experience the experience so that we can one day walk into that experience. What does that change look like? What is the change you hope to usher in? The change looks like when we just start loving ourselves and when we start loving ourselves and really practicing being unconditional, even if stuff arises, right? This is not about perfection, but when we can start loving ourselves and we can start loving each other, then we're going to treat each other better. And I think that's just most important. And we, and, and this is not saying we all have to say, have the same point of views or the same political beliefs. 
but it's allowing space for us to all show up, for us to all be different and also to all honor ourselves. Because when we can actually tap into ourselves, we can actually tap into our greatness. And when we're tapped into our greatness, we're actually just happen to be resonant with the planet that we live on. And we can live and design and create the life of our dreams, literally create the life that we want to live. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And we're all divine there are, you know, we're not born here as a mistake. We're all divine and we all have purpose and it's not based on capability or ability or skin tone or gender, anything like that. We all have purpose just because we're inherently here and it's finding that purpose and experiencing life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. You get that. You get that because I feel all of that, of course, you know, I'm motivated by passion, you know, I'm motivated by passion and my purpose. And definitely my passion did lead me to my purpose, which, you know, I'm a psychotherapist and also I'm here, you know, doing uh, this show. But the reason why I created this is so I can have open space in order to put that message out there. You know, my to others and developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. But we got to understand how to develop that audacity and understand that life of a life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing living through your values. And so we got to understand that besides having a POA or a plan of action for your day, you also got to come up or wake up with a POA, which is a plan of approach. And that's something to discuss in, in an online course that I'm talking about. It's a lit factor where I'm not only going to be, it's, it's more than just an online course because the basics are there. I'm going to teach about emotions because a lot of us don't even understand what our emotions are. Like they don't even, I ask somebody, you know, how do you feel? You know, oh, I'm tired. Okay. Give me an emotion to that tide because you're talking about a physical state of being. We talk about fatigue. What are you talking about? Are you talking about emotional exhaustion? And if so, what emotion are you specifically feeling right now? You know, and so we struggle even understanding what our emotions are. So there are some pretty uh, step one basics that we got to go through regarding emotions that I go through on my course. But also I'm there as a coach. So I'm either I'm going to meet probably uh, biweekly to take in any questions so we can process that and make that applicable because it's not a knowledge. There's so many online courses out there, so many books out there. It's not a, so much about knowledge as much as it's about moving from knowing, uh, from the uh, the understanding rather, to actually understanding, which I, I call, you know, which I reference as uh, actually knowing how to use that information and make it applicable to your life. So knowing, we understand so much. You said research thousands of books, you know, like I can turn my, I'm not going to turn my camera around right now because my office is not the cleanest, but you know, there you go. There you go. Look at any critic, just that quick, as if that even mattered. Like they, all of the mess exists in the illusion, in the Maya. But anyway, I have a lot of research too. And so what we didn't do, and I, I'm going to speak for you. I already know. I don't even, I don't know your people. I don't know your family. I ain't asked your best friend nothing about this, but I already know off of the fact that you even have this dialogue with me. We have an insatiable thirst for knowledge. And so we didn't just stop at learning enough to get a sheet of paper and do our job. <laughs> that wasn't good enough for us. No, no, we no. Were, we, yeah, we were hungry. We wanted more. We needed to understand and we needed to move from understanding to understanding. And we knew that it's there's one thing to be on this surface level understanding, right? That's understanding. But when you can dive deeper within that truth, because it's not about knowing, say, like I'm learning the wrong thing. If we were to dig endlessly, no matter where you stand on the earth, we eventually all reach the same core. But sister, how you I see now that you think what you feel. Yeah. I think, you know, and in looking at all this stuff that I've researched, there 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 are more common threads than disparate threads. And I and I think about too, if we could just, you know, get out of bed, whatever our bed is to anybody, I'm not, you know, but when we wake up, 
night or day, if we can wake up just feeling good about ourselves is so important. How amazing would that be? And I really challenge people to think about that. How amazing would it be when you opened your eyes every day that you just felt amazing about yourself and what could you accomplish? And, and that's when we talk about energy, energetics or homeostasis. When we are in good feeling places, mind, body, soul, there's so much that we can do. And I think even humans are learning to tap into their potential and what science is finding that we've probably got far more potential, right? Than we even know, you even talked about psychic ability and, you know, there's research on that, you know, they're starting to research that and saying a lot of people have innate psychic abilities, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. And what was considered woo woo, right. Or they're finding science is really quickly backing. And I think that's a beautiful marriage, you know, it's gorgeous. And so here it is. And no matter where I would space, I needed to get, understand what it was that I was going through because I studied my faith. It says, uh, uh, study to show that self-approval workman. I needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth because I actually studied that those spiritual truths function in other spaces. You know, all I'm going to say is I could just bring up, you know, you could laugh at the, the concept of omnipresence, but how valuable is that when we think about the theory of, you know, Existing in multiple places. If you look at internal family, uh, internal family systems. And yeah. I, I took a look, but even uh, Dick Schwartz talks about each individual between uh, 15 sub personality parts, talk, talking about the splintering that, that can, that is present in the, the different parts is that does exist. And when you begin to understand all of this and you put these pieces together and you, you can see the connection, that's it. That's it. That's that stream right there. I need to make sure that I stay as connected to that stream as possible. And that requires skill because I can't be in that stream and in my fears at the same time, which is why I talk so, so much about being courageous. Sister, look, I need you to come back on here because I'm not going like without talking about being an anti-racist educator we may make an entire episode on anti-racism and also i wanted to ask you more questions about like hypnotherapy and being a reiki master i didn't even get to the Reiki master part you know but i definitely got to jump on the house but it, i, I want to give you the stage momentarily if you don't mind i would love you to just tell the people whatever message you want to tell them i just want to share with everybody out there watching this podcast or listening to this podcast that change is possible healing is possible and living a beautiful life is possible no matter what state you're in or how you feel that you are truly destined for greatness and you might have been told at a very young age that you're no good or you can't do these things and know and believe that you're beyond your capacity you are beyond your capacity and that you are deserving of all the wellness and goodness in life. And so I just wanted to share that with you and uh, specifically for any women who are wanting to do a deeper dive into self-healing and real self-love and true happiness. I urge you to reach out to me. My name is Nicole Sublette. 
And you can reach out to me at my website, www.becominggoddess.com. I want to share this for any woman who's looking to go on a richer, more beautiful journey of self-becoming and healing. You're not going to just say Becoming Goddess and not explain that website. So can you tell, tell us a little bit more about Becoming Goddess, please? Yes. So for Becoming Goddess, it's I have a program it's called Accelerated Transformation, where I use a blend of modalities and such as hypnotherapy, energy healing, ancestral healing. And really, it is a program designed to tap women into her innate greatness, her innate beauty. And I'm not just talking physical beauty, but the truth of whom she is and peeling back the layers and not striving for perfectionism and really understanding what it is like to show up for oneself to create true healing. And so one, they can see um, all the messaging around and not have to buy into it, which is a hugely powerful step. And then two, honoring oneself and feeling truly happy instead of tearing oneself down every day. It's about really liberating oneself, mind, body, and soul to awaken to their greatest self. That's yo, come on now. Come on. Snaps, snaps on this one. Snaps. I don't know if they still snap, but you know, I'm, I'm a great on snap. It may be corny now, but I still snap. But yo, that's yo, beautiful. Beautiful. Like, I love it. Will you come back to talk more about this energy healing and anti? And I mean, soon uh, I'd like because mm-hmm. it's all those titles. I just couldn't cover it one in one, you know, one episode. So mm-hmm. can you come back and please talk more about that? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's my life passion. So I'd be so honored to talk about that energy healing, uh, anti-racism. Absolutely. It's important stuff, especially during these times. And there's just so much going on. And actually, how how do we take care of ourselves when all this is going on? Right. And this is a beautiful time for growth, actually. It really is. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And look, the lit factor is about LIT, you know, staying lit, you know, living in your truth. And so, sister, I got to say that you are definitely living in your truth. And it sounds like we are, again, that synergy is there because our, even though we're using different words, the mission is the same, which is empowering people, you know, allowing people to understand that they can free from the feed, need negative feedback loop that you get stuck in where you stare at your past and you feel your future instead of being in your present, you know. Again, the past is history, the future mystery, and today is a gift, which is why it's called the present. If you are fearing everything that you see, if you're constantly being triggered, you can't take full advantage of that gift. And so that's why we do what we do and we're passionate about doing what we do. I think we had a beautiful dialogue and I, I want to definitely come back and uh, you know continue to co-create this dialogue together and keep spreading messages of healing and love for people yeah. and you know being unapologetically yeah. authentic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sister, again, I want to put this on wax. It's definitely been a privilege and honor. And I've definitely learned from you. I've grown from you. Yes, absolutely. You're welcome. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it. Miss Nicole Sublet. What you heard was someone being unapologetically authentic and expressing the passion. This was a great one. I appreciate the mad love and respect from everybody. Agape and living in y'all truth, y'all. Do you tell your time what to do, or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living, or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting, or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion, and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com about 
That is www.becomeanoutlier, becomeanoutlier.com slash about, A-B-O-U-T, to start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Thank you.